again to our podcast listeners. This is Caitlin James here from Scalp Micropigmentation Australia, episode three. Um, we are really lucky today to have a chat with one of our older clients. Um, he was a client of ours for over two years ago. We um, started his scalp micropigmentation procedure. Um, so we are joining Adrian um, over the phone here today um, on our podcast and having a really good chat with him about all the different things again that he has tried um, leading up to choosing scalp micropigmentation. Um, so Adrian, like I said, um, he had his result over two years ago. Um, Adrian's from Melbourne and of course because we're based here in Adelaide, um, he flew over um, for his procedures to see us um, and every now and again when I pop into Melbourne we usually catch up and I do a check up and make sure the scalp's looking all good so we've got to know Adrian quite well um, because his um, procedure was very complicated. Um, there was lots of scarring which you'll hear him describe um, and I think um, overall it certainly has changed his life. Um, he certainly has come from um, being stuck um, with his hair um, from wearing wigs and um, had previous hair transplant procedures um, to now being able to um, just live a normal life, exercise, swim, um, do all the things that he always wanted to do um, but was limited because of um, his hair and, and the choices um, that he had made and um, enjoy listening to this one. I'm really excited to share this one with you because it's um, a great story and Adrian explains it so well. Um, so enjoy listening and again if you'd like to learn more about scalp micropigmentation, head over to our website, www.smpadelaide.com.au um, and get in contact with us if you um, want um, an opinion or um, would like some more information on our procedures. Hi, Adrian. How are you? Good, Caitlin. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. That's all right. Um, lovely. So um, Adrian is a client of ours from Melbourne um, who had his um, scalp micropigmentation procedure with us uh, would be roughly going on maybe almost up to two years perhaps. Yeah, it's probably about, yeah, um, yeah it is. It's about 20 months, something like that. Yeah, Brilliant. So um, Adrian's been through um, lots of different hair restoration procedures over the years. So I thought of Adrian um, as a really good person to pop into our podcast series to um, give us some insight into different hair loss procedures that he has done and his experience and maybe give some um words of wisdom to those that are thinking about taking some sort of action against their hair loss. So, um, Adrian, let's start yep. um, as we do with all the podcast um, episodes. Um, tell us, you know, a, bit, a little bit about when your hair loss started and um, what did you start to look into doing back in the very beginning? Okay. I remember it pretty vividly, actually. Um, I've, look, I've all, I always had a high hairline and I always had long, curly hair and... Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was 18, I I, I guess I was sort of conscious of my hairline, but I don't know why, but about six months later, I did notice just at the temples, there was slight recession Mm -hmm. and I thought, and then once that thought got in my head, as other people who have um, 
hair loss or receding hairlines will know, it, it just starts to become something that's with you every day. And so I would look mm. in the mirror and, and notice that uh, it's getting worse and worse over the months. And I actually, actually, it was probably by the end of that year. So mm-hmm. just before I turned 19, I started looking into hair transplants. Mm-hmm. And the, now back then, all there was was um, punch grafts, which sure. people may may have seen, they may not have. But basically, it's just like... Um, a, a, a row of like doll's hair or a hairbrush yeah. of, um, of of hairs coming through, and it's very obvious. And it look, and it's basically done by like a a, a small cookie cutter where mm-hmm. um, you've probably got about thirteen hairs in each plug. Yeah, that's um, transplanted in your head. So I I was very young, and looking back now, I don't know. And I've spoken to other hair transplant surgeons. Um, I don't know anyone who would perform a hair transplant on someone that young. I was yeah. probably just turning nineteen, yeah. and I there were no there were photos, but they were black and white before and after, mm-hmm. and that was about it. There was this pre-internet, pre-mobile um, phones, etc. So yeah. I went along and had it, and um, I remember probably the next day after I had it, I, I looked at it, and I, I sort of. Well, I had nothing to compare it to either. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like I could compare it to other photos in the forum. So I thought, okay, this is it. But I, I remember I wasn't happy because I thought it was too high. So I then had a second procedure, which just lowered it. So I had more plugs put in. Yeah. And about that time after the second one, I started to realize within about six months, I thought, oh, mate, I've made a terrible mistake here because these, these things are just going to grow the way they are growing in, yep. in the, the shape they're designed. So that's, yeah, I was about 19 and I was then stuck with them. Mm-hmm. And the, all I could do was um, camouflage it with my fringe, which also at the time was starting to recede even more. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um, back in back in that time, you had no one physically that you could go and have a look at any results. Um, it was all just based on no, photos. And, absolutely, um, absolutely. And the advice yeah. of the, the surgeon. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There was nothing to 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 get a, a, an idea of what it would look like. Uh, it, basically, it was just I think this surgeon just saw me coming in the door, and yeah, yeah we can sign you up, and you've got great hair, you've got great donor. Nothing about yeah. future hair loss down the track. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just grab your money and see you later. Yeah, lovely. And so, when did you go back to the surgeon after you started feeling like you? hadn't made the right decision like did they give you some options and um did they sort of help you from there look the surgeon didn't I actually rang back so after a year from the second procedure um Mm. and it all growing out by that stage I remember ringing back and I I spoke with the nurse um Mm -hmm. and I told her how I felt and she and oh that's right and then the doctor was came along on board too and he was going to just do an excision strip of the whole lot which would have been quite wide which would have been about Mm. at least an inch wide of grafts of punch grafts right along the um top of my forehead but she she put me aside and and um she said to me look I've got a a child and I don't know what caused it maybe it was a car accident or something but she just said look scars can really devastate your life and what she did was she actually steered me away from the surgeon and she gave me a referral to a plastic surgeon. Yeah. 
So in many ways, I've got to thank her. Um, well, I, I guess I wouldn't, I shouldn't thank her, but it wasn't her, her, her spot to say yes or no to the surgery. But yeah, it, it, thanks to her, I then was referred to a plastic surgeon and then they started to remove that huge row of grafts in stages yeah. to try and minimise the, the scarring. Right. So at this stage, you've done two procedures, two hair transplant, one um, one after the other, and then now you've ex- had an excision procedure, which has then taken out all of those grafts that you've just well, that, done. That, yeah, that yeah. was done in several stages. So yeah. we, so he just did an excision of half the width, for example, yeah. Yeah. and then we'd have to wait and heal. And so yeah. there were still grafts left. And then about a year later, he did took some more out, yeah. and then we waited. I think six months. Then he took some more out, yeah. and then we just left let the scar settle. And then uh, maybe six, seven years later, the scar was uh, it was probably almost yeah maybe a centimeter wide, and it was quite red. Mm-hmm. And then I had more surgery to do an, a, a strip excision on that scar. Yeah. Um, to, to bring that as narrow as we could get it. Yeah. And, of course, the problem is it's it's not on the back of my head we're talking about. It, it's on the front of my forehead. Yeah. So I was super, super conscious of it. And yeah. as my hair started to recede, it became an even bigger problem. Yeah, I was going to say, how were you wearing your hair to hide um, sort of the scarring and hide the evidence that you were having procedures? Was your hair... Um, like, were you wearing hats most of the time or? Well, I, I was pretty much like, um, like you see Donald Trump today, you know, I did okay. everything I could to, to bring it forward. I mean, my hair was yeah. sort of long, still had the crown and uh, the, the top. So I was just sort of trying yeah. to bring it forward. But as it receded, um, I just did what I could. And then I me- actually, I do remember I started to use makeup to try and conceal it. Right. Yeah. So I I did use makeup looking back now to try and hide that scar when yeah. there wasn't enough hair. Lovely. So um, when I met you, you were um, wearing a hair system or a hair piece or a, yes. a wig, as some people call them. So at what stage did you then decide to um, to proceed with um, wearing a hair piece? Okay. Um, I. Uh... I was at this stage where the scar was now becoming quite obvious mm-hmm. um, and I went to uh, uh, Dr. Richard Shields, mm-hmm. who's now retired, but he basically pioneered hair transplant surgery um, in Australia mm-hmm. and I really should have seen him first off because I remember seeing him and I, and I had a consultation with him and I just said, look, is there any way I could have more hair transplants so that I can, one, try and cover the scar, but two, get, get my hair back. Yeah. And, I, look, I can't thank him enough because I remember at the time he said to me, um, and, again, I think this is when we all we had was punch graphs. Um, yeah. I remember he said to me, he said, look, if you gave me a million dollars now, I would still have to say no. So his integrity was, mm-hmm. was 100%. But he did suggest to me, he said, look, um, have you ever considered the hairpiece? Yeah. And at the time, that's the last thing I would have thought of doing. But we, we talked a little bit and he said, look, I've got a, a guy who's coming in tomorrow and he's about your age. Um, do you want to have a look? And I sort of thought, well, what the hell? Yeah. Why not? So I met this guy and, and it did look pretty convincing. And um, so then he actually gave me a, a card of um, a person who did hair pieces yeah. quite quite cheaply when you consider the prices they can go up to. Yeah. And um, 
so I then then decided to to wear a hairpiece. Lovely. And how long did you wear that piece for then? So what's the time frame that you were wearing a hair system for? Uh, way too long. Um, <laughs> I was actually wearing that, that well, not the same one. I, I've yeah. got to um, add that I did change them every every year. But I was wearing a, a hairpiece for 25 years. Wow. Yep. And, and what... What was like for someone who wears a hairpiece for that long? You would have maintenance down pat. What What was your maintenance for wearing a hairpiece? Okay, so I'd have to obviously wash it and condition it. So that mm-hmm. was something I would do, um, not that often because um, if you do it too often, you you you, you can wear out the hairpiece quicker. So that was a consideration I, I had to do. That was probably every couple of months. Um, I were you using every... glues or were you using tape? Oh right, okay. I was yeah. using clips, so clips right. around the back and side, yeah, and tape for the front to hold it down. Yeah, um, and you know, there's always things like the wind that was your enemy when, mm-hmm. when you're wearing a hairpiece because. Uh, you know, normal hair behaves differently than just just a hairpiece. Uh, yeah. Like if the if the hairpiece blew up, it, it stayed up. So you, yeah. you really had to yeah. be a little bit um, cagey about where you went. Yeah. Um, and when I didn't wear the hairpiece because um, it was too hot or whatever, I'd always wear a cap. So yeah. I, I was always very paranoid about being bald, except to my my close friends who I told. Mm-hmm. And I and I did tell them too when I when I got the hairpiece. I thought, look, I may as well tell people because there's no point getting it done, and the whole time I'm going to be worried that someone's going to touch it or someone's going to rip it off. Or so I told all my friends, and we actually had a wig party mm-hmm. when, yeah. when I had it done. So initially, it was a great thing, it was fun, yeah. you know. And I was lucky too because um, I had brown curly hair, and mm-hmm. so the hairpiece. Compared to, you know, you see a lot of dark, straight hair pieces that, that stand out a mile away. Mine kind of blended in quite well. And I, and I made sure that um, I didn't let it go too long until I got a new hair piece. So mm-hmm. I tried to keep it as, as natural looking as I could. So um, a lot of people didn't know, because I, I was so young at, at the time, I was probably about 25 when I started wearing them. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I had a lot of friends who said, yeah, it looks great. But. Yeah, the maintenance became an issue and it just became Groundhog Day. And it wasn't for like a year or two. It's like, like I said to you, uh, 25 years. Yeah, that is a really long time. Yeah. So um, why did you decide not to continue with the hairpiece? Well, look, to be honest, Caitlin, um, probably for the last 10 years, I, I really wanted to shave my head. The only reason why I didn't was because of the scars um, and the donor scars at the back. Mm. Uh, yeah, as well. So I actually wanted to shave my head for a while. I was ready for it because mm-hmm. um, I was just sick to death of wearing a hairpiece. It, it just yep. became a chore. Yeah. Yep. So what were your options? So when you started investigating um, uh, scar camouflaging or um, further transplants into scars, like where, where did you go to look for help? Okay, look, I um, – I – Remember, it really sort of, it, it became a, a beam of bonnet and probably about two and a half, maybe three years ago. And um, I've, I've always been on the forums for hair loss um, mm-hmm. and baldness over the years. So I've always tried to keep my foot in the water of what's what's going on, what's happening. You know, uh, where today where we have things like FUE and FUT, 
compared to back when I started. It was just um, punch graphs. Yeah. So I started looking at things and I, I noticed the improvement in hair transplants, and I know, especially with F, with FUE and the results. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people who had been um, uh, butchered, really, um, mm-hmm. and had good repair work done. So I started to look into that. Yeah. So I started to get on the internet and um, and then and then I actually came across a, a guy called Joe Tillman who's on yeah. YouTube and um, he was fantastic. Um, he started to point me in in the right areas. Yeah. So that was my initial. Yeah. That's my initial sort of dive back into looking at what I can do. Yeah, lovely. And um, Joe Tillman runs a um, a blog, doesn't he? So he's a wealth of knowledge and he's impartial to, um, you know, who he sends people to. So um, Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. completely, uh, he's completely independent. Um, he, uh, he, he also had two hair transplants um, and he's got, a, as you say, a vlog of his journey. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he... He basically tells you what you are up for if you have a hair transplant. And as he will say, as people will hear if they they uh, listen to him on, on YouTube, if you're if you're having hair loss, a hair transplant should really be your last port of call, Espe- yeah. especially today when we've got things like finasteride and minoxidil and other ways of trying to stabilise your hair loss um, yeah. and SMP, et cetera. Yeah. So he was great. So he, I, I emailed him and he actually rang me from Canada Mm-hmm. And his first suggestion was, look, why don't you shave your head? And I, I told him about the scars I have and I, I wanted to do it, but I, I just couldn't get over that hump because of the scars. Mm-hmm. And then um, so I started looking at lots of different um, hair transplant surgeons around the world. Um, so I looked at Hassan and Wong and sent my photos in. I looked at um, uh, other hair transplant surgeons um, and... Eventually, one of them came to Australia at the time, so I went and had a consultation, and mm-hmm. he actually knocked me back. Uh, this is a, a quite, quite a you know well well known FUE surgeon, um, and he just said, "Look, you're not a candidate," and mm-hmm. that's that's what I really that, that's really important. I think for people out there who are suffering from hair loss and they're looking at getting a hair transplant, they really need to know if they are a, a candidate or not, because that yeah. that's going to make the difference between your end result. Yeah, yeah. So um, why did he say that you weren't a candidate? Well, he said that the donor hair I have is, mm-hmm. too, is too thin and mm-hmm. I don't have enough of it. So one, we couldn't get coverage. And the second thing was that um, we're going to lose hair from the donor area to the point where it's going to start to become obvious. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too with people out there who are thinking about hair transplants. They've got to remember new hair isn't being created it's just your own hair is just being moved around so you're not yeah. you're not creating a, um, a a greater supply of hair at all you're just trying to give the impression and the illusion of um having more hair by yeah. the way it's surgically yeah. um enhanced and this doctor who knocked me back said to me have you considered smp mm-hmm. which yeah. up until then i hadn't considered yeah had you heard of it I had heard of it from the hair transplant forums. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, my goal, I guess, was to try and get back into having a, a modern-day um, hair transplant. And also I looked into having um, body hair or um, scalp hair 
and yeah. also beard hair used as a donor. So, yeah. Yeah. and even with those options, I still wasn't a candidate because the result wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been happy with it. And, yeah. um, you know, this surgeon could have easily taken my money, etc. But um, he was great. He was like uh, Richard Shields, who I referred to earlier, who mm-hmm. just said, Basically, you know, no, I can't. I wouldn't take your money even if you, you gave it to me because you're just yeah. not a candidate. Yeah. And so he mentioned SMP and I started my research from there. Lovely. So um, how did you then sort of make the decision, right, I'm going to look down the path of SMP. How did you end up choosing um, Scout Micropigmentation Australia, us, to do your procedure? So what were the steps that you took to work out who was going to be um, the best place for you to go? Okay, look, what I did was um, I, I, I sort of used a, a template from, from Joe Tillman where mm-hmm. he – it gives you a series of questions that you should ask a hair transplant surgeon when you're going for a consultation. So I, I pretty much did the same thing with that, with SMP. So there are probably three or four, there weren't many clinics um, in Melbourne anyway. And I, I I went to a few consultations and they were, they were almost laughable. The first one I remember was um, I went to... One, one company, and it was at a guy's house. Um, he he hadn't had SMP, but he basically buzzed his hair so short that it was sort of to give you – the feeling I got was it was kind of to give you the impression that, you know, you two could look as good as this. Right. And, um, and then we're talking, and then I said, okay, and the first thing I'd usually ask too after the formalities is, okay, can I have a look at your work? Mm-hmm. And he got out, he got out his mobile phone <laughs> – and he went through a couple of photos and he spent a couple of minutes trying to find some photos. And I, I, that, so that was, for me, a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so, I look, I, I went through another 10 minutes of it and I said, look, I'll get back to you, thanks. And I, I, so I struck that one off. I went to another SMP clinic in Melbourne um, mm-hmm. and I then made an appointment to have a consultation yeah. with the SMP artist. And um, when I got there, there was a consultant and there was a guy uh, probably a couple of years older than me mm-hmm. and he just kept selling this girl's talent and work and who she was trained by. And she and I seem to, in the SMP world, I keep reading this, uh, that um, our, our um, SMP artist is the best artist in the world. Well, everyone seems to be the best artist, but until you go and have a consultation, that's when you find out the truth. And um, I couldn't even get to speak to it. So this guy was rattling on and he had had SMP and it was, it was obvious to me. And yeah. he said to me, look, I don't know if you know or not, but I've had SMP. Mm. And I just sort of bit my tongue and said, really, you know, <laughs> and, um, who'd have guessed. And so we kept talking and then I said, look, I'd like to speak to the, um, the girl who's performing the SMP. So I got to speak to her and then, then, um, before I left, I spoke with him and I said, look, just just out of curiosity, how long have you been involved in this business? And he said, oh, I've been involved for a year and I used to work in IT and I'm now doing this and this artist is now going to train me to do SMP. So that was a red flag because I thought it's just sales. And it kind of worried me that a guy of, I think he was 52, uh, suddenly wants a, you know, a, a career change midlife and thinks well, I'll just get tra- um, trained up and start performing it myself. Mm. So, yeah, so there weren't a lot of before and after pics I could see 
um, from the folio they had. There was a guy there having SNP, and I could see it did look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm more interested in, in the numbers. You know, I want to know how long you've been doing it for. And I think she'd been doing it for about three, four years. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at the very most. Yeah, lovely. And um, and then we spoke over the phone. So you obviously weren't 100% yet. So um, I do remember you giving us a phone call and it, and it went for quite some time. We had lots of stuff to get through. Yeah, yes. Um, I, as I said, so I'd been through a, a, um, a few others um, and uh, I then got on to back onto the internet, went through some forums, just did a huge Google of um, SMP itself and people who, who perform it. And a couple of videos that you had up, that you've had up for a while, um, I came across. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I was just sort of, I was just impressed because I was actually willing, like a hair transplant, I was willing to go overseas if I had to for SMP. Yeah. So I just remember seeing a couple of your videos and I was really impressed, I think, just... You just seem to have a lot of skin in the game and, you know, this wasn't something you just picked up. It was obviously pretty much a passion of yours. Yeah. And and you were fairly young in – well, I, you are young, of course. But when I watched I'll take videos – All right. <laughs> granted. And uh, I, just, I just thought, yeah, you're really young. You're passionate. You're not doing this because you're sick of your job. This is your job. Mm. So that's – I thought I'll, I'll ring – I'll give you a ring. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I remember, yeah, we had that conversation. Yeah, lovely. So um, you came across to Adelaide um, for your sessions and... Um, yes, and yes. How was that? Was it pretty easy? Very easy. And um, I look, I just wanted the best results. And yeah. going to Adelaide, then I'm going to go to Adelaide. If it meant going to Alabama, then I'm going to Alabama. It didn't matter. <laughs> I, I should happy. I should locate myself in the Maldives then. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, hopefully I won't have to need a touch up for some time if you yeah. do that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 no, that was fine, and it was kind of fun too because I was going to Adelaide for these three sessions. I didn't tell anyone what I was going for, and you know, I hadn't been on a plane for a while, and that was good. And um, but yeah, when I met you, um, uh, that's when we have my first procedure, I, yeah, you, you were everything that I had looked up in, you know, you were the real deal. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, thank you. Um, so the procedures themselves, um, I remember the first session, you know, it was the, I, I, I think that you must have been nervous or you were just excited, I'm not sure, but we shaved your hair. Yeah, so when, when you turned up, yeah, you had your long curly hair. And um, and you hadn't seen your scars for a while. Yes. Um, and so we took some photos um, doing that process to, to keep in the in the album and um, and we got started. So. Yeah, I remember that it, quite vividly. Yeah. Yeah. And it happened. We, you know, it all came together. We did a couple of sessions and um, and now looking back, um, you know, you've had you've worn the look for quite a while. Um, how are you feeling now about having SMP? Oh, look, I, I, I love it. I mean, you asked that question before about maintenance with the, um, with the hair system. Well, for me, there is no maintenance. I mean, if you shave your beard and you just shave your scalp, it, it, there is no maintenance for me. And, and I remember that first, that first session because um, you reminded me before just then when, when you said um, having my head shaved. I hadn't shaved my head so I, for probably – because I actually did once when I was overseas 
when I was in my late 20s. Um, so I hadn't seen those scars for probably, I don't know, 20 odd years. And when, as you're shaving my head, I thought, this is, this is liberating. This is fantastic. And then when you started coming over that back donor region, I started to realise, oh, my God. You know, I, I suddenly realised how bad those scars were. Um, yeah. Because before that, I was going off photos I'd taken years before. So I was excited, but I was anxious, and I was really worried about, oh, geez, is this, is this, is this the right decision? But yeah. over the day, on that first session, when, when you did that first coverage, um, you know, those fears were kind of put aside and, uh, you know, that was a huge relief and, and it was just so liberating. I loved it. I just, I just loved, I mean, I, I couldn't touch it, but you know, I just loved mm-hmm. having just that freedom because I'd wanted that for 10 years. I wanted to, I was sick to death of hair pieces for one. I didn't know how I was going to get out of that. You know, it, there was a dead, dead yeah. end every way, um, cause transplants were no longer a, an option. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was great, and and today, yeah, it, it's twenty months later. It, it's as great as it was then. Yeah, and I think the best thing for you is that not only you know did we cover your scars, we gave you the look of a full head of hair, shaven hair, but we gave you what you ultimately wanted. Um, you know, back when you were nineteen, twenty, just shaven. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it was a double whammy in that sense. Yeah. Um, and for the first time in in probably twenty five years, I could do things. I could go to the. I could go for a swim. Yeah, no problem. I, I remember. Yeah, I remember you sending me the best photo. So, um, tell us about the little holiday that you took. Oh yeah, that's right. It um, wasn't that long after the last SMP, and um, I went on a holiday to Thailand. I went to Koh Samui, mm-hmm. and. Um, I had my phone with me and I went out into the into the ocean right up to my neck and I remember just taking all these photos of my head because I just I was just uh, so over the moon and so elated that I could you know I could now go out and not have to worry about wearing a cap which is what I would if I uh, was wearing a wig mm-hmm. and um, I was out at the beach or wearing a wig and don't go under the water all that sort of stuff I just I just it felt free it was just it was cathartic and it was liberating and um, yeah, and I, I just wanted to take these really cool photos of me in the sunglasses and my and my new yeah my new SMP. So <laughs> that was great. Yeah, brilliant. I, and as a practitioner, like those moments, um, you know, I treasure those because you know you work so hard as a practitioner and a, as an artist to try and create, you know, this result that is going to change someone's life. And you know that yes, there's pressures and um, you know that you know, I'm under, you know, to, to give you everything that you've ever wanted. But, you know, when you get these messages from clients and, and you see these photos of them doing something really cool, like it always gets you, it always makes you feel good and um, sometimes a bit teary because you just, I think as females, we don't understand, um, you know, how people feel about their hair loss. We just don't get it because a lot of us, don't experience hair loss yes females do but you know almost yeah. every man does so um when we get these pictures and these this the feedback and the stories that um you know the clients come back and share with us it's um it's so cool and um i thank you for the photos that you sent through because they're you know they 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 help me realize you know just how important you know this skill that i have is and um 
and and I love it, and that's why I keep doing it. So yeah, and that's that's one of that's again that's probably one of the reasons why I um I I, I chose you from the research I do is because um you know the the suffering that you've removed from so many people because one of the other reasons I didn't mention to why I chose you was just the volume of work. I remember saying, can I look at some of your work? And I'm, I'm looking at dozens and dozens and dozens of, of SMP clients. Mm. And I'm like, and th- I, that was the clincher. I thought, wow. Um, and not just for male pattern baldness, but for some women who are, are thinning mm-hmm. for whatever reason, alopecia, um, other people who've got scars like me, but other people who might have a scar from some other reason. Yeah. Um, and it's really obvious that you really care about your, your clients um, by just by looking at the body of work you did. So, so that that quality that you have that of integrity that was another um, clincher for for choosing you as well. And 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 again, I remember I probably couldn't thank you enough. I think I thanked you about a hundred times. And yeah, I could thank you another hundred <laughs> times, and I just feel grateful because um, uh, I just yeah, it was the first time I'd been to the beach or on a holiday or whatever. And I didn't have to think about the hairpiece. I didn't have to think about wearing a cap, you know. Um, mm-hmm. it, was, it was fantastic. Great. So looking back, um, if you had to give any advice to um, your younger self or other guys that might be starting out in looking at some sort of hair transplant or medication, um, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I, I would um i really would do your homework i i would um look patience is a really hard thing when you're losing your hair you Mm -hmm. you don't want people to know about it um you don't want it to get worse and the nature of male pattern baldness anyway uh is progressive um so you really need to do your research and um you really have to ask yourself what do you want out of this at the end you know um for me I, i I, I couldn't have shaved my hair um, quick enough. Mm-hmm. The pro- and for me, initially, my problem too was at eighteen. Back then, if you shaved your head, mm-hmm. y- you'd be you'd be deemed like a uh, a neo-Nazi or a, yeah. a, a skinhead of a, a punk band. So, what's in vogue today changes tomorrow, and vice versa. So, um, I I would just do your research on everything and. Um, and yeah, I'd be patient. Like there's an old saying, you know, you you, you measure twice and cut once, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I would like like I did with you with SMP. I mean, I probably looked at at least four people who were providing SMP, and they just didn't they just didn't make the grade in terms of would I be satisfied with um, with the result just going on on interviewing them. Because yeah. um, that's that's what the consultations were. So um, I, I, un, until I found you with all the work that you've done, and I mean, you're doing them on a daily basis. So you want to have someone who's going to treat your hair, whether it, whether it's a hair transplant or SMP, um, with someone that you can relate to and you can ask them any question that you like. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's um, why our business model has changed in the last 12 months. You know, we um, we are really beginning to realise with all the stories our clients tell us that um, it's really important to do research and actually speak to people that have had it done or, um, 
yeah. or reasons why they, they chose to do something else because um, without getting first-hand information, you really don't, you don't know. And like, yes, in consultations, I go through as much as I possibly can, but still nothing beats actually speaking to somebody done that and can give you a true um a true reflection and a true um account of actually how it all comes together and and that's why I think like these these podcasts are really valuable because it gives my clients a voice on on things that have made them you know really angry at times or um disappointed that they were told one thing but it turns out another way or not given the full picture yeah. Um, and so that's why I feel these podcasts are really important, um, you know, because a lot of the guys, you know, want to get it out there that, um, you know, the decisions that they've made, you know, maybe they wouldn't have made them again, given them a second second go. Um, yeah. 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 So um, thank you so much for um, Not being at all. Part, of, part of our podcast and um, be a part of the ready for anything series that we're, we're creating and um, hopefully something that you've said today might resonate with one of our listeners. Sure, Caitlin. And, and I, I just hope, and one of the reasons why I want to do this is that, look, there are so many people out there who are in my situation who um, had either punch grafts or a hair transplant, whatever type, FUE, FUT, and they're not happy with the results or they've got scars as a result and they've got nowhere to go with it surgically. I mean, and there are people out there who are wearing hair pieces. There are people out there who wear caps. There are people who are living uh, like a pri- in a prison sentence. Mm. So I, the message I just want to put out there is there is hope. There is an out. And I just feel fortunate that I came across that for me and I want to share that for other people if, um, if I can. Yeah. And um, thank you so much for making yourself available um, to our Not clients as well because from time to time we do have people that are exactly the same situation as you were that um, you're very um, kind at, at speaking with them privately and um, and offering advice and, and um, offering up your time as well. Um, so we really appreciate that. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. I mean, I, I'm, I suppose I'm kind of passionate about this in a way as well um, because it has been so much of my life. Mm-hmm has been taken up by this and I've come out the other side, luckily. So, um, yeah, I'm more than happy to speak with other people who are considering to have um, S&P with you. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm always happy to show, you know, tell them the pros, cons and, and all the options available and for people to make up their own mind. Yep. Brilliant. All right. We'll leave it there for today. And thanks again, Adrian. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure um, others out there, our podcast listeners, um, appreciate it just as much as I do. No, it's a pleasure. No problem at all. Thank you so much. Okay. Good on you, Caitlin. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Bye.